Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian. Lord, we have come to draw from you again. We ask, O oh Lord, help every one of us to drink from this pool to our field. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jehovah God. Because your word will do wondrous things again in our lives and in our land. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Glory to God. One of the things that characterize our society so obviously today is that the people are angry. The people are angry. We are angry to the point that no one seems to be secured again. So we are living in a world of annoyance. We have rebellion on all sides. This rebellion that we are seeing everywhere is an indication that generally the people are hungry. Listen to me, people of God. You cannot do a scientific analysis of criminal activities, including banditry, including terrorism, including kidnapping, you can do a scientific analysis of the criminal activities around us and not trace anger against the leadership as part of the causes. And nobody seems to be looking at that direction. Very innocently, you are going on the street and you just find out that somebody is just venting his anger against you. Transfer of aggression all over the place. I'd like to draw your attention this morning that the most angry segment of society are the youths. And that's why you find them at the root of most criminal activities today. And so, I come with the word of God this morning to draw the attention of everyone who has leadership influence to examine this issue. And let us begin to start to think it out. How do we curb this? And so, under the broad subject we have been looking at, transgenerational leadership seeds, this morning, our focus will be managing the boiling youths. The youth are boiling. Aren't you boiling? The youth are boiling. It may take us some weeks to address this subject. I found a good example in the way Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, was able to help him to manage the anger with which Joseph, I mean, uh, Moses left Egypt. You know, Moses left Egypt as an angry man. 
It was a part of a society, it was a part of a system of injustice that he didn't like. So we're going to get into all of those details. But let's set our objective as usual. So this study, among other things, is expected to answer the following questions. One, is there any usefulness in the advanced years and the experiences of the aged? So the older people, can we find usefulness in your advanced years and the experiences you have gathered over the years to tackle this serious contemporary challenge? Are there any lessons to be learned from the frustration the elderly had survived? And the scripture agree perfectly with that Yoruba saying, there is nothing new under the heaven. So, the elderly have also survived frustrations in the past. What are the principles they apply to break evil in their own days? So, are there lessons we can learn from the frustration the elderly had survived? Three. It's a question, but also a challenge. Okay, to further make us to appreciate the problem at hand and rise quickly to it. Rise quickly to resolving the problem. How sensitive are the others to know and respond correctly when the youth are angry? So, the youth are angry. But how sensitive are the elders? I deliberately choose to use the word elders, not leaders. Because we have many leaders today who are not elders at heart. And we have many elders at heart who have no leadership responsibility. That's another problem. Am I talking to somebody? So, how sensitive are the elders of the land across board in the church, in the community, in government to know and respond correctly to this anger of the youth? If it continues like this, we may have a problem much bigger than we have today. Are we so concerned as we ought to so concerned? Are we thinking about the matter as we ought to think about the matter? Are we talking to ourselves about the matter as we ought to talk to the matter about us uh, to, uh, to, to ourselves? The fourth objective is still a critical question. Rhetoric, maybe. What mayor are the elders putting in place to give the youths a better future? What mayor 
are the elders putting in place to give the youth a better future. Now, as we embark on this study, I don't want anybody to exonerate himself. I don't want anybody to take a position of blaming others. And that is why I will choose a very positive figure. Okay? To point to you how good men can also contribute to the problem at hand. Hello? I will give you a light on a man that we have always celebrated as a great good man. But whose kindness and goodness contributed to the anger that Moses had in his own day. So, for this particular study, we will look beyond Jacob and the Pharaoh that welcomed him to Egypt. You know, for weeks now, it has been Father Jacob and the good Pharaoh. In fact, we are going to query the much applauded economic policy of Joseph that saved the ancient world from famine. You know, he put up a very wonderful economic policy that saved the ancient world from perishing. We are going to query that policy and see how an aspect of that policy contributed to the anger that frustrated the Egyptian and eventually frustrated the Israelites, okay, for which Moses himself developed an anger that sent him into exile. And we are going to do that not because we want to raise dust of doctrinal controversy, but because we want to drive home a critical lesson on how to be futuristic, on how to be transgenerational in our leadership style. When you look around you today, you see people building one generation empower, empire. Building one generation, church and denomination. Building one generation businesses. That the generation that are coming behind them okay, cannot start off from a platform that is more comfortable. The generation coming behind them, we have to start again. In fact, they have to struggle more. Do you know that one of the reasons the youth are angry is because those who got education easily on platter of gold are making it difficult for you to get it easily. So it is for this reason we are going to look into all of this matter. Maybe the elders in the land, maybe the elders in the church, maybe the elders in government and our various community will take lesson on how to be futuristic and transgenerational in our leadership style. But before we do that, I will make effort to do a review of 
the foundational study that led us to this matter. You will recollect that about 10, 11 weeks ago, at the beginning of this long study that started with lessons from Pharaoh leadership molded, which eventually continued as a comprehensive study on transgenerational leadership seed, we mentioned that Pharaoh is the title of the king of Egypt and not the name of any particular king of Egypt. So, leadership is not the entitlement of any particular individual. Leadership is not the entitlement of any particular generation. Hello? Leadership is not the entitlement of any particular class of people. My parents were very thoughtful. When they were to name me, they gave me a name. It is here today. It may be somewhere else tomorrow. Are we together? So, play your part well. Do your best to make sure that those coming behind you, okay, your legacy will, will, will be a conscience to them. Alima saw we pay. Ah, ah, God will say less than this great man are done. Are we together? So, in that study, that foundational study, we pointed to us that we have both named and unnamed pharaohs recorded in the Bible. In summary, we can classify them easily as the book of Genesis pharaohs. So we have certain pharaohs that were mentioned in the book of uh, Genesis. Second category, we have the book of Exodus pharaoh. And third category, we have pharaohs in other books of the Bible. So for the books of Genesis pharaoh, they include the one that took Sarah from Father Abraham. And we have the one that welcomed Jacob to Egypt. The Pharaoh that welcomed Jacob to Egypt was different from the one that did not know Joseph. Hello? My people say, Whatever goes round, comes round. So, the Pharaoh that welcomed Jacob to Egypt was different from the one that did not know Joseph. And the one that did not know Joseph was the one that introduced the draconian, discriminatory, and xenophobic national policy that subjected Israel to cruel labor, as we can find in Exodus chapter 1. Let's look at verse 6 and 8. Verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, And Joseph die. Hello? And Joseph die. Tani oniku. Okunita loku yi masalaburu. This man that the Bible recorded that he died 
Okay? When he was alive, he saved so many people from dying. But when it was his own time to die, he could not stop his own death. Somebody will carry an ailment and the doctor will, will put up a prescription and, uh, and the person will be killed. And the same doctor will have the same kind of issue. He will take a, the same type of uh, medication and he will not survive it. And Joseph died. Now, after his death, after his death, after his death, his people suffered. Hello? Even good, hello? Even good have shortcomings. Good have what? Shortcomings. I will point to you that part of the reason his people suffer was, was also part, was also a component, okay, to the good or of the good that he did. Okay? I pray that in the process of trying to help your children, you will not create a future problem for them. I pray that in the process of trying to say, I don't know, and Joseph died. And his people suffered as a result of the shortcoming in the good that he did. And all that generation and the children of Israel were fruitful. How will they not be fruitful? When Joseph already chosen for them the, 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 the land that has the best fertility. And these children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and worked exceedingly mighty. Why would they not work exceedingly mighty when they have the authority of government on their side? Nobody dare mess up with them. And the land was filled with them at whose expense? Hello? At whose expense. Your children are in private schools. Your children are in private universities. Your children are studying overseas. At whose expense? Are you not creating an anger that would be later vented on your children when you will no more be there? They were fruitful. They increased very abundantly. They multiply. They wax exceeding mighty. The land was filled with them. Hello? It doesn't mean that other people were not living in the land. They were living in the land, but they were living in hiding. They were not on the streets. They are not the ones capable of throwing parties and celebration. They are not the ones you find around the palace in the government house. Penury, poverty, deprivation has sent them into hiding. All because 
there was a Joseph that was in authority. And all that he did in authority was in the favor of the king and in the favor of his own people. The king and what? His own people. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Joseph. Whatever goes round, comes round. So, I want to throw a very big question mark on Joseph's economic policy. I told you already, this is not to generate dust of theological debates. But rather, to send a very powerful message to everyone under the sound of my voice. That in our leadership style, we must be transgenerationally concerned. Not only about us and our posterity, but about the generality. We must be futuristic. That leadership and the opportunities they are in is never a monopoly of any particular family. It's never a monopoly of any particular tribe. It's never a monopoly of any particular segment of the society. So, what was Joseph thinking? When he introduced as part of his recommendation to Pharaoh that Pharaoh should turn his own citizen to slave. Hello? Go check. We will read it. The recommendation. It was a recommendation that improvised the Egyptians and make Pharaoh to become so wealthy Now, in that edict that so much favored Pharaoh, he now created a tax exemption clause. Okay? And that tax exemption clause is to be enjoyed only by his own people who were foreigners. When you are more said, so, what was on his mind when he introduced that policy in the land of Egypt? As he forgotten that he himself was a foreigner. Himself was a foreigner. And of course, in that land, he was once upon a time a slave and even a prisoner. Kilo de so they will pay Tabati Bonnie Nuisha Tawa Bossy Nuola or Jokan. Our bag, we pay. He shall turn it to Wao. Is that not the story of those leaders who will tell us that they are from grass to grace? And as soon as they go to that grace, they forget about other people who are still on the grass. He was a foreigner. Not only a foreigner, a slave. 
Not only that, he was a prisoner. And then when he was building economic policy, the economic policy never remember his colleague foreigners of other nations. Never consider okay, his colleague slaves. Never consider his colleague uh, prisoners. Everything about that policy was about King Pharaoh and his own people. I ask again, as he started to suddenly consider himself as a member of Egypt aristocracy, or why will he be so capitalistic in his policy? Why will he not incorporate social welfare for all? Why will he not introduce a tax regime? Okay, that will create wealth for all, not just wealth. For the king. Hello? It's not, not the story, okay, of those that they send around, okay, to check our papers and uh, documents. You put a vehicle on the road, okay? And then they said, they, they give you a very big fine. I said, your, your vehicle is not roadworthy. Is the road also worthy of a good vehicle? And nobody is talking about that. Shouldn't the government be paying us, okay, for roads? So we pay fine to the citizens for roads that are not good vehicle worthy, because the bad road is damaging our good vehicles. So after the bad road has damaged our good vehicle, they will still fine us. If somebody is listening to me in the upper echelon. Let the truth be told, and that's why I am. I, am, I, have, I, have not, I have not chosen a pharaoh to address in this matter today. I have not chosen a king Saul okay, to implicate in this matter. I have chosen a Joseph to implicate. So let nobody exonerate himself. Let all of us go and examine ourselves. Some of the things we criticize in the secular government, what's of such, are they not happening in church leadership? But because we have invented the immunity okay, of thought not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. So nobody is talking about it. Or nobody is talking about them. Hello? So as this Joseph suddenly considered himself as a member of Egypt aristocracy, I ask again, where would it be Think that his own people that are beginning to settle in the land may later in a very long future become victim of his own laws. Hello. Because you have been invited to serve as commissioner of commerce in a particular government. And you think that party will continue to win elections all the year. And you increase all the tax of all small-scale business owners. There's always a time when the family of the masquerade custodian eats free bean cake because everybody in the community must provide for the masquerade. When the season of festival is over, okay, the wife, the children, 
Okay? And every member of the family of the Mastro Constitution, we have to bring out their own money to buy. Why are we so myopic in handling the issue of leadership? So I come to you this morning with this conclusion on this matter. Not the conclusion of the message yet. When we blame the Pharaoh that did not know Joseph, and we are right to blame him for being so draconian in his, uh, in his uh, treatment of the people of Israel, let us also not fail to question the Joseph that was not transgenerational in his leadership philosophy. He was not transgenerational in his leadership philosophy. He, he, the, the attitude of the Israelites in the land was uh, Omawawambe. Hello? Omawalo Nijoba? Omawalo Ga? Bobo Eleti Abate? Atebe? I want to say Fulanga, 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 Nile, Nile. Somebody may want to say, what's this man talking, up, talking about? Let's read up that aspect of his economic policy that set up the future generation of Egyptians against the poor of Israel in Genesis 47. I'll take the reading from verse 11 and I'll stop on verse 27. You know, he was the one that was invited to come and ad advise the king. You see, let me tell you, no leader okay, can be better, okay, than the quality of his advisor. That's 11, Genesis 47. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt. Look at that. His own father, his own brethren, he gave them a possession in the land of Egypt. In the best of the land, in the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Hello? In the land of the Ramesses. Ramesses were, were the, the, the generation of Pharaohs. So it's like you, God suddenly picked him from Ajegule. Okay? And he started to buy over Banana Island. And he forgot that he has left some other people in there. And Joseph nourished his father. Good. And his brethren, good. But when you do that at the expense of others, those others will eventually become angry. And they, at the slightest opportunity, they will deal with you, deal with your father, deal with everything about you. And all his fathers, household, he fed them with bread. According to their families, the Bambamulayo style of leadership. Now, verse 13. And there was no bread in all the land. Hello? No, he, a society that was supposed to be a monolithic society. He has created a segregation. He has created a class status where some have more than they needed and some doesn't have at all. So I place a very Big question mark in the context of our study against the policy of Joseph. For the farmer was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and not the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the farmer. Now, why that was happening? As if that was not in verse 14. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan. For the corn which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. 
Hello. He brought all the money into whose house? Pharaoh's house. Very high government GDP. Hello. Yet the country paraded, okay, the, the most poor that you can ever find around. Is that not the story of our land? Is that not the story of many African countries? All the money is in government post. And when money failed in the land of Egypt, it's, not mon it's, not, it's money not failing in our land now. And in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread for free. This will send a signal to me that this is the point at which to now create a welfare. All the ones that have been gathered in the king's house. Now, they don't have at all. They now said, We have sold to you our grain. We have bought back our grain from you at exorbitant uh, price. No more money to buy. For why should we die in thy presence for the money fill it? Now, you now saw later when Joseph died, there was cruelty from the Egyptian against his people. They were nursing the anger. Waiting for the best opportunity to vent what? The anger. Ankulo, okuni yisa anuwa. Masi oro yini, omo ni luni efe o tu abani nse, abi abani gbebe ni nse basu basu. So fo ba kofo ju anuwo wa wida. Joseph wo mori kakase soro yi. Hello. And Joseph said, give your katu. Oti gbo wo lo wo wo. Oti gba unje lo wo wo. Eh, otu ni katu ekini o. And I will give you for your cattle if money fail. Hello. The shortcomings in the goodness of Joseph. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph. They don't have option because they don't want to die. Hello. Our internal revenue has increased. It has increased. Oh. Eh? At whose expense? Small businesses are closing. Intergenerative revenue is increasing. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph. And Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses. And for their flocks. And for their cattle of the hills. And for the asses. He told you call any And he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. In one year, he wrecked them. In one year, what did he do? Wreck them. Verse 18. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, We will not hide it from my Lord. How that our money is spent. My Lord also had our Lord's, our house of cattle. Where is not aught left in the sight of my Lord, but our bodies and our land. Ile ati awa nikan loku bai ojo si ni o ti ro ton fi gbe nkan wherefore shall we die before your eyes both we and our land buy us and our land for bread and we and our land will be servants unto pharaoh and give us seed 
Give us what? Seed. They were selling themselves for seed. They were not lazy people. Hello? But the policies of the leadership does not favor their prosperity. You now see anger all over the place. It used to be harm robbery. Now it's kidnapping. I'm not justifying the evil that they are doing, but we are living in a society of annoyance. Annoyance that is connected to the greed of leadership. Annoyance that is connected to what? The greed of leadership. That we may live and not die. That the land be not desolate. What was the response of Joseph? And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For the, eh? For the Egyptians sold every man his field. Because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh's. So no single citizen owned anything again in the land. Everything belonged to the king. But in that edict, in that policy, he has created an exception for his own people. Not knowing he was creating a future problem for his own people. He was there on the throne all of his life. But eventually the scripture says, and Joseph died. And the moment he died, are you with me? Then they played the Egyptian politics. I said, the next person, okay, that we ascend the throne must not allow any of these Hebrew to go near the palace. Verse 21. As for the people, he removed them to the city from one end of the border of Egypt even to the other end thereof. So every land he bought, he evacuated them. So they now become street beggars. Don't, don't you see how our urban centers are filled? Years back, when my father visited Israel. When he came back and started to narrate the story, he said the first time, okay, he, he was on the streets of, uh, 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 of Israel, whether they landed in Tel Aviv or where. He said the first question he asked me, are there no children in this country? Because where he's coming from, you everyone know. You too tired, you too tired, you must buy pure water. But he said, Are there no children in this country? So, when you have every urban population, don't take it as a sign of prosperity. Go and check their villages. Hello? A prosperous country, okay, the citizen must be comfortable to live in any part of the country. Because there is wet in every part. Only the land of the priest bought he not. So what did he do? Eh? He, he technically brought the religious leader. He bought them into the policy. Hello? So what do they do? Firm. No religious leader is speaking against the policy. Now I see a perfect corollary of our society. Nigeria and other African nations here. So, technically, he recruited, he recruited the priests, the religious leaders, into the wickedness. For the priests had the person assigned them of Pharaoh. So he got the leaders, religious leader to be on his uh, on his side, and did eat the portion which Pharaoh gave them. 
Wherefore, they sold not their lambs. So one told you I want pastor, one told you I want a One told you I want Baba Because that's sort of no Hello? To a degree, I'm close to some people in power. But God will not allow that one day to come when I will not be able to speak the truth again to them. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. He was still pushing it on their face. Come on, you are Come on, for the benefit of the doubt. Are we together? Now, this is, this is impunity. This is what? He said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. So here is the seed for you, and you shall sow the land. Well, at that time, he now brought the seed. But the seed now, where they plant it, is not for them. But, and it shall come to pass in the increase, that he shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own, for seed of the feet, and for your food, and for them of your household, and for food for your little one. As at the time, he now come to the end of the matter, it was just a palliative. It was what? A palliative. He has already, he has already wounded their human dignity. He has wounded what? Their human dignity. Before he now gave them the palliative. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord. And we will be Pharaoh. Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day. And Pharaoh, that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of the priest only, which became not Pharaoh. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Gosen, and they had possession therein, eh? and grew, and multiplied exceedingly. His own people. Hello? His own what? His own people. Tell me, how they will not organize when that Pharaoh die and ensure that a Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph will come to power. So I query further. Was he thinking he will be alive forever to grant his own people forever tax exemption? Whatever goes around. The opportunity eventually came much later, later, later in the future for the Egyptians to take their own pounds of flesh. Eh? Now, Moses now saw that, and Moses was angry. So, I say that this is not different from most African leaders who supervise enactment of evil laws and watch public institutions destroy as if they will perpetuate their posterity in government and will not at any time need the same public institution they help to destroy. Today, we see pensioners and we pity them. But then, we may need to probe how they also behave to those that were pensioners before them when they were also in active service. Am I thinking wrongly? Whatever a man so. So I am challenging us that we should not just get angry at the system. Let us raise a generation that will rise that will determine to terminate this current cycle of evil. Father, thank you. So you be all glory, praise, and honor. Your counsel has been declared again. We will continue next week. I ask that as we ruminate and meditate on this, 
you will bat in our hearts the right desire for positive change, transformation. In the name of Jesus, the Lord, make me the instrument of positive change. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 080-356858882 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.